I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out the Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Join co-hosts Will and Brian as they break down the lore of a rich multiverse 50 years in the making in a lighthearted and beginner-friendly way. They cover everything from character creation options to tips for dungeon masters. There's something for everyone, no matter how long you've been playing TTRPGs. Find the Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. We want to dedicate this week's episode to Abby. We heard that you're in the hospital and we hope that you have a very quick recovery. Here's to many more supernatural marathons. I want you to say, this is a very special episode of Bitches on Comics. I'm Essie Flinora and I'll say, I'm Sarah Century. And today we have Claire McBride with us. <laughs> I'll say, welcome Claire. And then Claire will say, Oh, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and then I'll say, tell us what your life is like. <laughs> tell like, us what your life is like. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you all about how many sweet potatoes I have in my fridge right now. I would like to know how you got into astrology. Claire, that, that's a question you have to answer first, because mine is going to be long. Okay, great. Thank you. Um, I guess it was something, I had an uncle who was very into astrology, and so for every kid in, like, my generation of cousins, like, what he would do upon the birth of the child would be to present the parent with this very large, very elaborate astrology chart, which my parents did not keep. Uh, so, I, it's, but basically like, it was like around and I was always very into stuff that was like, oh, if you were born in April or if you, if like, basically like, oh, okay. Like I'm a child that I'm trying to figure out identity stuff. And if someone comes up and it's like, oh, you were born on this day, you're this. And I was like, oh, okay. This makes sense to me. I like it. And then I kind of. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then I kind of just stuck with it because in every generation of my family, there is an Aries exactly like me. Uh, you're like you're like the Buffy of your family. Exactly. In every generation, an Aries is born. Exactly. So my dad was the Aries of his generation. I'm the Aries of mine. I'm, uh, one of my nibblings is the Aries of their generation. And uh, I see it as like something like, it's fun, but it's also uh, extremely true. So it, uh, I started to get into it a little bit more as an adult. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much that story. Amazing. Sarah? For, for me, it was because my grandma is a witch, or she was a witch. And oh, right. she always had a bunch of occult reading around the house. So even whenever I was, you know, I left home and lived with my grandma whenever I was, I think, around 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And she had those giant big book of birthdays, Linda Goodman's love signs, all of that kind of stuff. And I just had a lot of free time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I just read (laughs) tons and tons and tons of it because it was really interesting to me. And uh, it became more interesting over time because you know, um, I'm also an Aries like Claire and, but what's, what's different is that we're different people, even though we have the same (laughs) sign. So there's something really interesting about it to me where how, you know, your rising and your moon and all of that, like kind of comes together and gives you this secret life course that you like, don't really know about, Mm -hmm. I guess, unless you read about it a bunch. And then even if you do read about it, Sometimes you need somebody to help you interpret it. Mm-hmm. Different people interpret it. Like different astrologers will interpret it in different ways. So just as far as it being one of the things that I think helps make up our personalities, I think that's really interesting because that's always been something that's fascinated me. Um, but mostly it's just because my grandma is like spooky or whatever, and I thought she was really cool. So I would read all of the books around her house. I love that. Sarah, are you a witch? I wouldn't say so. I have had some friends who are witches who actually are practicing witches <laughs> um, and, you know, do the whole the whole thing uh, and get paid to do it, you know, uh, talk okay. to people about their issues and, you know, try to come up with kind of spiritual solutions for them. But I myself am always kind of an observer, I think, of things along those lines. So I don't consider myself to be one. Uh, but I do know a lot of people in my life who are witches, and I think that they're really cool people. I love this. This is amazing. Yeah. I was not expecting my grandma was a witch to be like the beginning <laughs> of your story of astrology. Yeah. Uh, but I really like it. I think it's pretty pretty awesome. She is truly the great one. It is. She is not with us anymore, but she w- was full of <laughs> really weird information, which is what I needed out of a grandma. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> so, Sarah and Claire, I know you have this super cool column for Sci-Fi Wires fangirls that it's called Star Signs. How did that come to be? And what is it that you do? Because I think I could describe it, but it would probably be just like gibberish. So <laughs> tell me more about it. Um, well, uh, one of my few talents is that I am good at coming up with really dumb, bad wordplay. And <laughs> I... I cannot tell you, but I remember sitting around and I don't know, I was probably watching like a YouTube video of some guy being like, I'm going to show you all the glitches in Super Mario Sunshine. And my brain went, uh, Super Mario Star Signs. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's kind of garbage, but I'm going to go take this out into the world and see what happens. 
And then uh, I was so taken by this uh, turn of phrase that I went to Sarah and I said, hey, we talk about astrology a lot. What if we did this? So the first star signs, I believe, is, uh, is Super Mario. Oh my God, it I is love Super it. Mario. Uh, Cher really likes the idea. The editor of Fangirls really likes mm-hmm. the idea. And um, yeah, has been pretty supportive with it, I think. Like they never really tell us not to do anything. <laughs> they kind of <laughs> let us do what we want, I guess. Yeah. What's been your favorite one so far? Oh, oh that is such a good question. <laughs> I'm trying to remember because I every once in a while I have a moment and it's usually when Sarah's like, oh, this dude's a Leo, where I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're so right. And I get very angry and it's that it is so accurate. Um, but I think like the, uh, I think I really enjoyed doing the Star Trek, the next generation one, because I was in the thick, I I think I just finished watching the series or I was in like the fifth season. I'm terrible at watching television. So it takes me forever. Um, and we'd already been yelling about it pretty nonstop. Yeah. That was like my Twitter inbox for like two months was just like, (laughs) Claire and I both like in caps yelling about like our ships from yeah. that series. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I have so many strong opinions about yes. <laughs> these fucking ships. Oh my god. You're in the yeah. right place. <laughs> yeah. Um so okay, for the record, this- Deanna and Worf forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, I had we, to say it. I had to 100% say hundred percent agree with you. Um yeah, I remember at the time we were trying to figure out what characters we the most were. So mm-hmm. Uh, from our original series, we decided that uh, Claire is Spock, definitely, yeah. and <laughs> that I, of course, am Kirk, mm-hmm, because I run into danger and like to not wear a shirt, I guess. <laughs> Through the whole thing, we just kept being like, oh, yeah, so like, I bet that Worf is totally in Aries. And so that was like <laughs> part of, I think, what also helped contribute to the idea for like the column in general, I think. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that Star Trek Next Generation one was really fun to do. And um, I really liked doing, like, I kind of forgot about all of the ones that we did, but we did Star Wars, and I really liked doing that one. And I loved the X-Men, of course, because I was basically born into that job. Uh, We did the the Power Rangers, which was really fun. I loved doing the Power Rangers because we had to go lightning round for the whole thing and be like, all right, here's number 17. Here's number 18. I I do really enjoy the ones where it's like, you know, it's something we obviously want to do, but it's not like X-Men where like, you know, Sarah knows it like the back of her hands. Yeah. But it's something where we're like, okay, this is interesting. This is cool. This sounds like a great idea. And then both of us obviously do the research, but I particularly love doing weird research where I discover awful bits of lore and I'm like, why would anyone do this? I love it. Uh, <laughs> so like, what, pa- what's an example? Oh, uh, oh, uh, the, recently I learned. The Godzilla one where <laughs> King Caesar was a thing and I didn't have any idea. Yes, yes. So Sarah's, uh, you know, is a, a, a connoisseur of Godzilla. And I was looking through <laughs> to be like, okay, well, we usually have X amount of slots. Let's see who we can put in the slots. And I found King Caesar. And I was so taken by the fact that he's called King Caesar because <laughs> it is a name of a Chinese sort of dog creature from folklore. And the people <laughs> translating it were like, no one's going to get that. We're going to call him King Caesar. And they just called him that. <laughs> And I was, and it stuck to this oh, day. Damn it! Damn it! I, yeah, yeah. And he was a Leo because he, uh, they, he like makes everybody sing him out of his sleep, and yeah. then he gets what? up and then he doesn't do anything, and everybody's like, 
you were the best. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I did. I did it. I did it. Meanwhile, Godzilla, who is, by the way, an Ares, has to clean up this mess. Yep. <laughs> Every damn time. Yeah, I mean, what was, what was Mothra? Oh, my God. Libra. Libra. Yes, Libra. Oh, God, I love Mothra. Yep, same. So does, so does Godzilla, and the compatibility between Libras and Aries is on display clearly yes. with that astrological matchup. Yes. It's okay, a perfect. well-documented affinity. <laughs> I, sh- I ship it now, I guess. I didn't know I yeah. shipped it, but I ship it. I totally. Ship it. Whenever they said there was in King of the Monsters, there's a line where they're talking about how they're like in a relationship kind of. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like totally baffled. And to this day, I remain so. <laughs> <laughs> do you think it's like a monogamous thing? You think they're poly? Um, like, what do you think their deal is? I think yeah, or like a, like, so go, sorry, go ahead. Oh no! Um, I I actually don't want to say what I was going to say. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Keep your secrets. <laughs> Sarah's got like notebooks filled, just filled with like hardcore, like Mothra, Godzilla fanfic, and I'm it like, is here's steamy. my plan. I've got it. You're like, I have been pitching this movie for years. <laughs> years. Godzilla, king of the something else. <laughs> Godzilla, king of the suburbs. <laughs> no, okay, okay, here's what I think. I think, because I'm enthralled by Minizilla, the baby. So I would assume a Godzilla Mothra thing would be, I don't know, kind of, I could see it as like a kind of parent trap situation. Where Minizilla is like, these two, they don't know they need each other, but they do. And like engineers a situation where he's like adorably inept and they have to like, I don't know, move into a house together. In the I like this suburbs. story. It's great. This is great. This is great. We, we should just do a whole other podcast. It's just us doing fanfic. Like, yeah. just like, okay, who wants to make up a story now? Uh, yeah. That was amazing. I <laughs> like that very much. Loose fanfic pitches. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to write them, but you can sure have them. I will pitch them <laughs> like a motherfucker. <laughs> Weirdships.com. So, dear listener, you are so lucky. Today we are going to actually get a live astrological reading. <laughs> but not for boring people who are alive and real. For very cool people who are fictional and in comic books. Yes. So, tell them what we're doing this time, Claire. Uh, so we will be doing bombshells. We've got a grab bag of characters that we'd like to discuss and talk to you about their signs and why they're so obviously and overtly those signs. <laughs> oh my God. I love bombshells. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes. I also kind of want to make a note that when we do these things, we're usually basing them off of, you know, cause fictional characters have maybe like three personality traits. Yes. <laughs> so when we try to do these, um, I feel like we end up making a lot of generalizations about signs. And of course, people will come at us and be very upset about that sometimes because everybody is very protective of their own sign. And I, I'm no different. But yeah, I just think that it's important just to be like, listen, this isn't the same as going to an astrologer and getting like a full birth chart on this character. Yes. Because <laughs> we only have like three major defining traits to work with. Yeah, People yeah, are totally. more complicated than that, right? And so is astrology. So I just want to say, you know, we're not purposefully oversimplifying, just we actually have to sometimes. Yes. That was an adorable disclaimer. <laughs> we are not going to try and hurt 
either your sign or your <laughs> fictional character you love. We love both of those things. And we love you. Yeah. Um, I think that's just like really a sweet, like, let's start with just like closing our eyes, taking a breath. <laughs> I love it. Step out of the moment. And I'll say, if you, if you stick with us long enough, uh, we'll give you a character you super love for your sign. Just, uh, you know, be patient. Absolutely, right? Like, it's not about hating on any sign or or character. And so let's just do, like, a super hyper-quick reminder of what Bombshells is. If you don't know Bombshells, check out episode 10 of Bitches on Comics. We dedicate about 18 minutes (laughs) to talking about how much we fucking love it. And uh, the quote from that episode by Sarah is, Quote, if you could have a comic that was pure, unadulterated by sexual energy, that's essentially what Bombshells is, end quote. (laughs) And that's a pretty good summary. But what's like the ostensible plot? Basically that you have these superheroes, all of the women superheroes of the DC universe, only in a World War II setting. So you end up having Supergirl, you know, she's Russian, she's trying to escape propaganda stuff happening. Uh, You have you know, Kate Kane, who's like a guardian of Gotham. Uh, but then she leaves because she's got to go do more important things. And then there's uh, just, you know, World War II antics. It's kind of like if, I don't know, it's that kind of like revisionist, like here's like a different version of World War II, which is usually kind of a thumbs down for me, but mm-hmm. it was Same. just really good because it was a bunch of like babes <laughs> yeah. doing cool stuff. And there's several characters, and you and I have both said this, and I I don't know if you feel this way too, Claire, but, like, Mm -hmm. several characters that are like, this is the best version of this character I've seen. For sure. Yeah, no, I definitely vibe with that, because I think one um, I've always been drawn to, like, Elseworlds and other kinds of alternate universe stories, and I think with Bombshells, because Bombshells, because the very premise, you know, the fact that it got started off of these um, statue designs, and they're like, okay, well, let's make it an actual thing, let's actually hand it over to queer women to write it, which is wild. Uh, And then, so you end up with this space where these characters can, they can really take these characters in very different directions, but it's a safe space to do that. Um, I really love, like, I was rereading the first volume when we were talking about, when we were first talking about this, and we hit the point where they were like, and Catwoman is a mysterious Italian noblewoman. And I was like, yes, accurate, good, let's keep going. Yes, Uh, whenever Batwoman's, like, talking to Lex and Catwoman, and she's like, so is this, like, a proposal for a menage a trois or something? And, like, Catwoman's just like, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I really I really love, like, the Kate Kane, uh, Renee, like, as these, like, ex-lovers who are having this conflict, who have, like, this this dark backstory, um, but are, like, you know, learning how to heal together very sweet (laughs) it is how adorable all right well you know what i think that's you know that's enough information again if you don't know bombshells and you're like well what the hell go check out episode 10 of bitches on comics we totally we give you so much information that if you don't read it afterward i have to think maybe you hate me personally (laughs) just feels like Kind of hurtful, frankly, but uh, <laughs> anyways. So let's get into like some astrology, Liz. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I would say that the first person I would want to talk about would be Mira, mm-hmm. uh, because Mira was first of all the greatest in this series. It's the, the greatest, greatest version of so Mira. Good. 
Mira, Did she throw a shark at someone? She threw a shark at somebody, which was amazing. <laughs> um, and something I would regularly do if it were something in my power to do. So I think uh, Mira, almost no question, has to be an Aries. We Absolutely. do sometimes give our favorite character Aries. We're biased. Aries oh, are shocking. Just we are, I haven't picked up people. on that. <laughs> we are deeply biased. We are deeply upfront about that bias. Yeah, it's true. Um, we have to disclaimer things a lot. Like mm-hmm. even the villains who we talk about very lovingly, like Bowser. From yeah. Super Mario. Where we're like, guys. Yeah, we're like, hey, listen, I know that he's the villain, but we're just going to say nice things about him because he's a really nice Aries. We like him a lot. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a single dad trying his best, and I love him, okay? Yeah, get off his back for the yeah. love of God. All right. <laughs> Maybe if you could live up to one fifth of your responsibility in life, <laughs> then you wouldn't be so mad at Bowser. So, exactly. <laughs> okay, is Aries being militant about being Aries an Aries thing? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> but she just kind of, to me, the first time we see her, she shows up and is like salty with her ex about mm-hmm. not remembering her and not being in touch with her and like not keeping her appraised of things. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, oh, so you still remember my name? And then just kind of like the whole time is super salty about it, but also shows up with a dolphin led chariot and helps yeah. her ex out and carries her and her new boo to safety. Oh, and, and she like, looked good while doing it. She, and she looks amazing. Incredible. And she knew how good she looked. Like that's the oh, thing yeah. about Aries too, is that we very casually will show up and be super hot whenever we decide that we need everybody to know how hot we are. Right. Um, but we don't, always have to be the hot person (laughs) no just tactically so when mira gets this text to be like hey (laughs) i need help uh sneaking off the island with uh my new boyfriend idk mira is like okay i'm gonna show up but give me an hour i gotta get everything together (laughs) it's gonna be great and then i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna be mean but i will give her a ride I'm not going to let her get one over on me. I'm not going to let her see my feelings, but I am going to let her know that I am not pleased that she has not texted me. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Um, So I I think Mira just has to be an Aries. Like she's like very, like through the entire thing, she's like honor. (laughs) I'm about honor. And like, I just want everybody to know that, you know, I'm the hero. Basically she comes up and does what she wants, when she wants to do it, she doesn't put up with any negotiation on that. Anytime nope. somebody tries to be like, hey, maybe you should think about that. She's like, um, yeah, so no, I'm not going to, but thank you, but no. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then just kind of moves on and does her own thing. And the whole time she's secretly fighting for love. And I think that that's mm-hmm. all things that are very true to all Aries, except for yes. like shitty ones. Right. I mean, <laughs> I the evil it. ones. Yeah. It's this idea of like, you know, you're not sharing that feeling, but it's like underneath everything, the motivation is love in its multifarious forms. It's not necessarily like, this is my ex and I have unresolved feelings about her, but this is someone I care about. And yeah. I'm going to put her forward. And as I move on into taking more responsibility and putting love of my, you know, love of the world, love of my people uh, there as well. Yep. Aries. God, they're great. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my- really? Really, like, the, the, the best of the Zodiac signs, really, right? I'm I mean, not, not going to disagree. We're pretty good. We're pretty good. We're pretty solid. Um, <laughs> every person who, like, doesn't like Aries, this is why. Now, we're, now we can be done, people who hate Aries. I and also, you, God, calm down. We have no other, we've, we, there are no other Aries to talk about for now. 
for Ooh, now. If I we like went a little that. bit further, I bet we could find one. I mean, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you want to talk about next, Claire? Um, I would actually like to talk about Harley and Ivy because two so this combines two of my favorite things. First, Harley Quinn. I'm a huge Harley Quinn person, and I really love uh, Harley and Bombshells. And then I also love when we get the opportunity to kind of talk about how two signs interact in a character dynamic. Um, Because that, I just love that. And so, uh, and this one is an interesting one, because both of these girls are Gemini. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Yeah. So, Gemini is uh, one of those signs where they... You can describe them in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. <laughs> because they are the twins. You know, you never yeah. know quite what side of their personality you're going to get these two in a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of Gemini-Gemini partnerships. Like, you'll mm-hmm. see those that sign be able to date itself <laughs> pretty mm-hmm. well for almost obvious reasons. Yeah, but, it's a skill. It's a skill. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, Geminis are known for being kind of uh, sporadic. Sometimes people would call them flaky and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, they... Uh, aren't always good at adhering to really strict schedules, though they can improve over time, like a lot Mm -hmm. of us do improve our faults over time. Harley, who really Mm -hmm. just loves, she's a total agent of chaos, which is often Gemini at their very best as an agent Mm -hmm. of chaos. It's also at their very worst, and I could give you some celebrity examples to let you know about (laughs) how that plays out, because Prince Prince is a Gemini, right? That's the best. And then you have Trump, who's a Gemini, the worst. So (laughs) it's really, they run the spectrum, but they both do have that wild card energy, right? Yes. So that's what Gemini does. You can be all spectrums of like a kind of person but you know and being where you're raised and you know all of that comes into play um but gemini is almost always are going to have that kind of wild cardness about them right it's like your it's like your D &D alignment where it's like you can be (laughs) lawful or you can be evil but you're still chaotic you know it's that kind of through line gemini's are almost always going to be pretty thrilled about their chaos energy too secretly like they they might not tell you about how thrilled they are and they might even be genuinely apologetic about it at times right um but But also if you'll these two not apologetic. Not super apologetic. No. But as I say, you have kind of that chaos energy. And then mm-hmm. you also have Ivy, who is so, so career focused. And mm. she really is trying to help people in a lot of ways, especially in bombshells. We have a very genuine take on Poison Ivy, but she's super brave. And she mm-hmm. sees problems and she just takes it on herself to solve them. And she always, always, always prioritizes other people in her dealings and like how to make her personal beliefs be something that are are practiced and reflected in her day-to-day life. So that is still chaotic, but I just Mm want to highlight too, as we talk about the chaotic energy of a Gemini, there is still a huge capacity for dedication, loyalty, and love from Geminis because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's two sides to them and they're not necessarily conflicting sides. They're kind of, uh, they coexist really well. And I think that that's like, it's kind of like the um, the best part of a Gemini personality is what you see whenever you see Harley and Ivy together. Yes, absolutely. They just complement each other so well, and they bring out the best in each other. That's part of the reason why, especially with Harley's history, like I, I, a, this relationship is so compelling, and why this relationship is so compelling in this particular iteration of it. 
Yeah, because we might have different things to say, too, if we were talking about regular universe, Harley and Ivy. absolutely. It's a little bit different. (laughs) Yeah, every iteration of a character, because all of this is so, you know, focused on how, yeah, yeah, uh, different iterations have different slight nuances to them. And so, yeah, so obviously, in these particular cases, we are talking about the specific bombshell iteration of these characters versus the sort of ur-character Mm-hmm. And I would say, too, one of the last things is that a lot of Geminis are really social justice oriented. And so you see a lot of that with both of these characters in this series. Mm-hmm. Like, they are very anti-Nazi, very against totalitarianism. And mm-hmm. that, to me, is like, one again, I think that it's like the best of Gemini. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So what do you think next? Um, why don't we go take a crack at... Diana of Themyscira. <gasps> Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. <laughs> WW. WW. The, the WW herself. Princess Didi. <laughs> Princess. D- D- <laughs> no. No. Hard no. Hard no on Princess Didi. What are the things that you think of whenever you think of this iteration of Diana? Uh, softness was the first word that leapt out of my mouth and to be very clear it's not a it's it's um gosh kind of a vulnerability I think like I think in every version of the Wonder Woman story you do whenever it's the story the story start like the origin story starting off with you know Steve Landing you do have to have like okay she has to have this connection with this man in order for her to ultimately decide to go uh you know check things out and see what's up and how she can fix it. And I think in this particular iteration, there's a very, uh, there's a lot of emphasis sort of on how, uh, how nurturing and soft and sort of sensual she is with him, which I find very fascinating. I think so too. And so I think Diana, here's what I'm going to pitch. I think Diana's a Virgo. And I, I think that Steve Trevor is a Pisces. Yes. Yes, those are opposite signs, and they have a tendency of, A, the Virgo tends to bring out a lot more stability in a Pisces, mm-hmm. and a Pisces has a great ability to bring out an emotive and like more sensuous quality to a Virgo for the most part. Yeah. So yeah. I think that those two complement each other. <laughs> I mean, it's why... <laughs> It's why she couldn't keep dating an Aries, being a Virgo, but (laughs) Virgos, like, are hot. Like, they're really cool, and Mm -hmm. there's something really appealing about them, Um, Mm -hmm. but, because it's, like, they're, they're, like, secretive in a way. It's, like, only certain people. There's, like, all of these, like, layers to them or something, so they give protection, and they give care and things like that, Mm -hmm. but they don't show you everything. They never show their full hand, Right. Right. So they are super giving if they like, you know, if they put themselves in a place where they're willing to do it. But there's that Mm -hmm. like professionalism and they always have to be, you know, they have that kind of perfectionism that you see in a lot of earth signs. Yeah, absolutely. They've got, I think with Diana, it also plays into having uh, what I think uh, characterizing as professionalism is uh, very accurate and apt. But I think with Diana, I would think she would tie that more to her sense of honor and sort of like, I am a warrior of my people and it is important for me to, you know, adapt to where I'm going, but also bring that into the world because I feel like that's what's missing. And always, always be on point with what your traditions are and what are expected of you. Like, she doesn't show up like she just rolled out of bed like Mira probably does. Like, Mira sometimes shows up and is just like, what? It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. What do you want? Whereas Diana... 
I feel like there's a scene in like uh, in the that's collected in the first volume where we see like Mira on like a U.S. Navy ship and she has like a big hat on and like sunglasses and is kind of like, <laughs> yeah, everything's fine. Don't look me in the eye. Uh, and it, it is very much her being like, I roll. I mean, I rolled out of bed and I'm Mira, so I look amazing. But it's also like I'm just gonna have a nice, easy morning. Whereas Diana's already like, I ran like three laps around this island. I'm ready to go. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's it. It's like they can have these beautiful friendships. Some Aries and Virgos have definitely made it work, depending on what their placement is. <laughs> why does a Pisces work with a Virgo, or why specifically does the Steve Pisces work with the Diana Virgo? Pisces are emotional. They have a tendency of being kind of go with the flow. They allow mm-hmm. other people to take the reins a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And just those, that opposite sign thing, like mm-hmm. Aries and Libra, you know, Pisces, Virgo. There's a lot of examples of that, like Taurus, Scorpio. It's like you could you go one way or the other where you like super can love that person and or you're like absolutely not <laughs> never right. want to be around them in my whole life. I know a Taurus who literally was like, it'd be fine if people just stopped having Scorpio babies. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's and then she, extreme. And then she that was like, a- she was like, I take it back. My sister is a Scorpio. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Look, the world that we need, that we need the entire spectrum and gamut of the Zodiac. It's well, that. And you see yeah. those, those kind of uh, conflicts between them. Like, obviously, yeah. like, a Pisces is not the kind of person who is going to be able to adhere to these strict schedules or, yeah. like, perfectionist ideals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Virgo is never going to be able to totally let their guard down in the way that a Pisces can, right? right. So there's kind of a dreaminess, and then there's, it's, like, contrasted with the exact opposite, which is, like, a very, mm-hmm. like, straightforward way of viewing the world. But... Mm-hmm. All I have to say is every person who I've ever met with that was my opposite is also the same as me in a lot of ways. Um, And, like, probably, like, that's why (laughs) it's hard for us to get along. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I mean, like, Libras, right? Like, Libras are the opposite of Aries. And I see, like, Libras as being, like, kind of shallow and superficial sometimes. And then, like, Mm -hmm. they see me as being, like, really pushy sometimes. But then also... Mm -hmm you know, you have all of these like beautiful Aries Libra love affairs in the world. So that's kind of how it is, I think, with this like Virgo Pisces connection here. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I love it. Speaking of Libras. (laughs) 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 So anyway, anyway, we're, uh, sorry, we're a hive mind. It happens. Um, So speaking of Libras, uh, uh, Sarah, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk? Do we want to talk about Kate? Kate Kane? Oh, yeah. Kate has to be a Libra in this book, right? Because yeah. she's kind of, uh, uh, how uh, do you say it politely, um, the fuckboy of the Zodiac, essentially, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you end up with, like, I mean, uh, I, I know that uh, as he is, you know, strongly connected to at least one Libra. <laughs> um, Successfully, also, yeah. There's Capture there's one. great things about Libras, right? We yes. love their Absolutely. charm. We love how they're able to kind of uh, mute sad feelings sometimes and just kind mm-hmm. of put on that like, hey, everybody, like, how are you doing? And they're, they're like a mirror sign, right? So yeah. they'll mirror kind of the energy that you bring to them a lot of the times. Yeah. And I get that a lot from Kate in this because every situation she's in, her personality changes just a little bit to suit the situation that she's in. Like, Yeah, the dial is very precise with her. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the thing that bothers me about Libras, 
as uh-huh. a Taurus. Yeah. Sure, I'm yeah. like, stop being a fucking chameleon. What do you <laughs> actually want? Yeah. And my, it's my hard biologi- for them to pin it down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. That's nice to know. Mm. <laughs> We're not here to offer hope. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, oh, okay. You mean other people have different perceptions of things? That's insane. <laughs> oh. I've never even conceived of that. Agreed. It's bonkers. and uh, But yet it keeps happening. So I guess we have to deal. <laughs> it's super rude. It's yeah. pretty rude. Um, but mm. I think, too, that there's... I don't know. There's just kind of a lot of traits of Kate that you find really admirable. Um, mm-hmm. But then she's always kind of lost inside a little bit and yeah. meets people who are like yeah. a little bit of a stronger personality mm-hmm. to be able to be like, or a, not a stronger personality, but a stronger right. sense of self, I guess, to be I'm able agreeing. to mirror that person, right? Yeah. So you have, to me, I feel like this is a Libra that must be dating like a lot of Earth signs. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that... Um, like Maggie, we were, I think we were talking about this oh, before, where yeah. Maggie just strikes me as like a Capricorn, right? Because yeah, she's, she's so uh, uh, committed um, yeah. and protective, but also uh, kind of boring compared she's, to Kate, right? <laughs> right. It's, very, it's very much a thing of like, I kind of get why they're drawn to each other. Like one of the things that gets me, uh, like I think around the first time we meet Maggie, Kate's like, oh, I feel, you know, you know, being a, vigil- uh, being a vigilante went awesome today, but I'm feeling kind of lost, blah, blah, blah. My life used to be so exciting. My life used to be so cool. And then she's like, bye, <laughs> Maggie. I'm like, take a shower. And Maggie's like, am I Whoa. not cool and exciting? Like, <laughs> But I'm that's sorry. such a Capricorn question to ask, too. Like, yeah. am I not cool? <laughs> right. And I mean, she's not. But she, here's the thing. Maggie doesn't have to be cool. She no. doesn't owe anyone being cool. And <laughs> But the problem is that with Kate, it's like, Maggie is kind of this sort of bland home base for her. So she's not really giving Maggie what she needs. And I think that's why I'm like, "Mm, I disapprove of some of Kate's choices because I'm like, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of stringing this poor woman along who just wants to like move out, move into a big house and have a ton of dogs and solve murders all the time, which sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it really does. And Um, Kate's getting in the way of that. Yeah, she's never going to do it. She's interesting in that, right? Because it yeah. seems like Maggie is so committed to a relationship with Kate, but then you mm-hmm. just end up with Kate, who, I mean, barely thinks of her. Like, she's yeah. gone, and she barely thinks of her. She's, like, all about seeing Renee again and stuff like that. So it's just like— I feel like the only person who brings up uh, Maggie at all when Kate's mm-hmm. deployed, I guess, yeah. is, like, is, like, the mean— that, like, either Selena Kyle or maybe the Joker's daughter. Like, right. it's just, like, random people being like, where's your little lady? And she's like, oh, shit, right. Oh, right. I forgot right. to ever write her a letter because I'm a Libra. <gasps> and, like, yeah. once oh, I'm right. out of somebody's yeah. presence, I've totally forgotten that they exist. <laughs> like, right, like, Maggie walked out of frame and Kate was like, whoop, I'm <laughs> gone. Is very partner focused. Totally, hundred percent. Like, to to the neglect of having actual serious conversations with Maggie. Right, I think so. Yeah, so she's probably posting pictures of them and stuff like that. But yeah. also being, I mean, the Instagram of World War Two. But right. like, <laughs> but I know. Still, I was like, who's texting who? And like, why would they be on Instagram? But I kind of like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old-timey into it. Instagram. So I uh, guess you have to go get the photo developed, and then you post it around town. <laughs> Or you yes. had the picture in the paper. That yeah. was a thing. Yeah. That yeah. Was a, yep. yeah. 
No, so Kate, did obviously, yeah. we totally hear about how Kate is in the papers the whole time, right. right? She's doing these very showy things, and Maggie's kind of like, that's cool that you do that. Like, I super support you in doing that, you know, right. but I'll support you, like, whatever you do. <laughs> right. Libra is like, you. no, I need drive because <laughs> I'm not able to provide it myself. They, it's not that they don't love each other because they do. The ignition is just not going off. I know cars. <laughs> so the spark, the, there's just a little spark is not there. Yeah, but they do have like a very committed, a very nice, like kind of yeah. comfortable relationship. And that's, of course, like a Libra gets into like a long term comfortable situation where their mm-hmm. partner is just supportive of everything that they do. And like Libra is just like, why can't you call me out ever? <laughs> like, yes. And, and Maggie's really like, I thought, I thought everything was fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Totally. I just, from what I know, I have like yeah. a lot of Libra friends and they always mm-hmm. like, they, in their relationships, if like their partner is like too supportive, right. and, like it doesn't like ever uh, challenge them, I guess. Yes. They need, they that need explains... those hard walls to bounce off of. Yeah. I was gonna say that explains why my relationship does work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Cause you're just like, Hey, Oh, and Taurus and Libra. I mean, this is your relationship. This is at bombshells, but mm-hmm. <laughs> Taurus and Libra, um, they're both Venus ruled signs. So they're both yes. signs that, you know, really prioritize comfort, leisure, beauty, you mm-hmm. know, an aesthetic sense that is unique. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, not necessarily like, you know, trend based. Like right. you see a lot nice. of both Libras and Tauruses who have very distinctive styles and mm-hmm. they call, they kind of cultivate those styles. And this is all stuff that you would very naturally find attractive in any person, you know, mm-hmm. um, somebody who's like cultivating their own style, making sure that like, they have kind of uh, a look that is uniquely defined rather than being a look that is, uh, you know, like I said, trend-based or something. Mm-hmm. You did it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. And um, I, I just want to make a quick note, and that's the yeah. Catwoman, and this is, like, obviously a Scorpio. Oh, obvious. <laughs> Very okay, excellent. Tell me more about these Scorpios and their wily ways. Mm. <laughs> um, Aries and Scorpio are both ruled by Mars, and mm-hmm. I think that the way that that manifests is very different for the two because we're both, like, very easily angered and also, yes. you know, you know kind of judgy, take mm-hmm. on a lot, you know, have a secret in our life that other people don't always see. But mm-hmm. um, importantly, <laughs> Aries can't hold a grudge to save their fucking lives because if you come at now. me... Yeah, if you come at me, like, two years later, almost no matter what you did, I'm just like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like, it's... I am a totally different person. I went through this whole right. arc. Like, you weren't even there. Like, <laughs> like I've <laughs> grown so far beyond you as a person. I don't even remember what happened. Yeah, like, like I'm willing to see your side of things. Like, in that moment, I right. was really mad at you. So, like, maybe yeah. my anger clouded things. I feel like Aries are the ones that are almost, like, the easiest to get over things, even though we do get incredibly angry, like, really fast, yeah. right? We have so, we have very strong – it's very strong emotions, but emotions pass. And yeah. so, basically, it's like it's like distracting a baby when it's crying, you know? So that's how Aries get angry. Now, how do Scorpios get angry? The way that Scorpio gets angry is that they it just comes up very mm-hmm. sudden. You didn't really see it coming because um, they like were pretending they liked you the whole time when they like secretly didn't like you that much. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Cause like they'll spend time with only the people that they think are important and valuable to them, which is a right. really good trait. 
Um, but it also means that sometimes they're like secretly deciding that you're not a valuable person in their lives right. like crazy. while they're talking yeah, yeah. to you. Um, yeah. So that's like, you know, not great. And then they'll hold on to those grudges for like the rest of their lives. Like you'll yep. be talking to them 20, 30 years down the line. They're still super pissed at you because like mm-hmm. you didn't hold the door. Like <laughs> you like were rude. You told them something that wasn't correct. You like mm-hmm. said something that was insensitive, even though you didn't know the situation. Mm-hmm. Like all of those kind of things are like a Scorpio can hold a grudge, you know, pretty much forever. And right. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think that no. that's something that helps them protect themselves a lot of the time. But I'm just saying mm-hmm. that that's an incredibly different manifestation <laughs> than what yes. you see in Aries. And yes. then you see Catwoman in this. And she, what is she? Mysterious. Mm. She keeps everything close to the vest. These are all admirable traits. I think that she's great. I think most Scorpios are incredible people. And you can sometimes get like that transcendent Scorpio who just mm-hmm. is like light and love to everybody and they have just settled all of the terrible things that, like, they had to struggle with and all of that. So you see, like, a lot of really transcendence, like, Scorpios. But then, mm-hmm. you know, Charles Manson is a Scorpio. <laughs> like, yeah. you see, like, there's, like, you know, we're at, there's opposite sides of every single sign. Trust me, you know. Exactly. So I would say that she's, like, on the, obviously, the much, much better side of that. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I just I feel like I get a read of a Scorpio just because I sense somebody who's holding on to a lot of things, keeping it close to the vest and not really disclosing them. But mm-hmm. if you talk to her in 20 years down the line, she's still going to be like, truly, fuck Duella Dent. Like, yes. <laughs> whereas exactly. Mira is going to be like, I'm sorry, who? One of the Nazis? Yeah, fuck them. But like, what? Yeah, like, like, as like, a group. <laughs> but I don't remember specifics. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Catwoman's like, how much time do you have? I can lay every single one down with, like, names and specific things that they did. List. I have a long, long, long list. And And I have the specifics of each and every single one of them. Right. Catwoman has never lost a receipt in her life. (laughs) So are grudges why Scorpios and Tauruses get along? Yeah, because Tauruses Mm -hmm. are totally like a grudge sign. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They are, but that's, it's your opposite, right? So you yeah. have, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, like, in there's different ways that it manifests. Like, a Taurus is generally going to be considered about the chillest sign in the world. And then right. once you actually cross a line with a Taurus, they're like, how fucking dare you? I pushed my lines all the way out. <laughs> like, how mm-hmm. could you possibly cross that line? Like, it was there, clearly marked. Like, I've been telling you about the line. Like, you never knew it was there somehow and then you crossed it and then a scorpio is just going to be like i fucking hope you cross this line (laughs) (laughs) i dare you to cross this line because i feel like when i think about catwoman being a scorpio i just i think of someone like i think of catwoman just kind of like raising her eyebrow a little and like register like like kind of like terminator vision like recording exactly what's happening and then just filing it away in her memory banks and being like huh Okay. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's no Tauruses really for us to talk about in this one. Yeah. But you'll notice throughout our I'll entire, be the <laughs> yeah, Essie is the Taurus for us to talk about. We've, we've right. done some examination. <laughs> I appreciate that you kind of pulled us towards some Taurus examination. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're like I'm not on this list somehow, and yet let's talk about it. And yeah, let's yeah. talk about one of the Can best we- signs. Can we bring it back to little old me? <laughs> <laughs> this is very Taurus. Tauruses are really good at getting the attention on them in very subtle ways. Very chill, yep. very subtle. Very excellent. And on, my, on my own terms and only when I want it. 
And always exactly. a little bit larger than life with the Taurus. Like, oh, oh, Taurus no. is really good at, like, showing up and just being kind of, everybody, like, looks at the Taurus and they, like, don't notice that that's even happening. <laughs> like, yeah. Taurus is like, yeah, I'm going to sit down now, you know, like, whatever. And then, like, just kind of, like, loudly narrates, like, what they're doing. <laughs> and everybody's, like, captivated, you know. <laughs> so that's, like, <laughs> it's why people love Tauruses. And then, once again, if you find somebody who hates Tauruses or doesn't like Tauruses, then that's going to be what they bring up is, like, oh, they take up so much space. Oh, they're so cool and charismatic. I can't deal with this. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, on that note, um, I'm cool and charismatic people. What can I say? It's who I am. It's in the stars. It's in the stars. Claire, where do we find you? And what are some works that you've been working on? Yes, you can find me on, you can find me on the Tweety, on the Tweety box. And- Perfect. <laughs> And then also you can find my photos in the paper where I have them printed. <laughs> yes. Sometimes when I'm being particularly ultra, they print my photo in the paper. So keep an eye out for that, <laughs> friends. <laughs> so if you would like to enjoy my fine writing, I am a contributing editor at Sci-Fi Warrior, Sci-Fi Fangirls. So you can find most of my stuff there. I think the thing I've written most recently that I'm particularly proud of is uh, my theory about the Cats universe having occurred after the rapture of the larger cat people. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's basically kind of my work in a nutshell. So if you don't care for uh, fun nightmares, um, I'm not sure what I have to offer you. Um, but then you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is Omnivorial. It is the word omnivore with al tack to the end for a long story that i can't get into now claire seriously you're the fucking best this was awesome thank you this was an absolute delight this is uh, actually the first podcast i've guested on so this was lovely to just my first adventure thank you as a podcast network our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you but we also sell merch And organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. 
Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. This week's comic of the week is Sots. We have Serpent and Shield. We have issues one and two. There's four issues of this. They're by Daniel Parada. You have to order them specifically from the website, uh, but you should. <laughs> it's so worth it. This book is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I don't know how to describe it because it looks so different from almost any other comic I've ever read. The pacing is so much different. It's fantasy novel almost. It begins yeah. with the map. So basically we're looking if the Spanish colonizers had not colonized, right? They, they came and attempted to colonize and Cortez essentially got defeated and sent into the desert All to die. we ever wanted to happen to yes. Cortez. The Turkish people are also attempting to colonize, which did not happen IRL, but does right. happen in this alternate history. But some members of the Mayan Empire have united and are resisting these forces. And so it's a different kind of clash of civilizations. It's much more between indigenous groups yeah. and between indigenous groups that are organized and the Turks. But there are still Spanish conquistadors, I think some small groups of them. Yeah, people are but still they're trying not, they're to not colonize. They're not successful. Yeah, but they're not successful. And that's the whole root of this story, essentially. The pacing and all of the way that we approach every single part of this story is different than what you would see in a regular comic, I guess. This comic genuinely blew my mind. This is one of those comics that you read and it's profound in a way that you know that you're going to read it again and again through your life. I'm going to return to this book a lot. It talks about fables. It goes off into fables that don't exist. So they're creating fables in this world. So the amount of world building that goes into it is really interesting alongside the kind of alternate history stuff that we're seeing. So it's historical, but not, it's a fable, but not, <laughs> it's a comic, but different. <laughs> There's, it's just kind of groundbreaking, honestly. And just with the most beautiful double page spreads, I think I've almost ever seen in a comic. Oh my, stunning. Just absolutely gorgeous work. Throughout. Emotional moments that you would normally not have as a double page spread because in comics you have like action scenes as your double page spreads for the most part and this it's like the tender emotional moments that you see just completely closed in on in that same way so it's interesting to me because the approach of it is just so fascinating and different than most ways that I've seen of telling stories before in this form so, absolutely that's such a great point you know that's the thing that really the two page spread that stands out to me is a moment that is one of the two main characters holding someone as they die yeah and it is just like devastating and it's full of tension full of action in this very subtle very tender as you were saying way yeah and they have fight scenes that are 
brilliant. Oh, like so good. Just so much mounting tension and a lot of the sport, I guess, around fighting and a lot of the theatrical elements of it are right, it's under- all hand-to-hand combat with, you know, spears and some machetes, machete type things at least. But really, you know, it's hand-to-hand combat. It's very physical in a way that comic book action scenes are, you know, so much more sensationalized. This yeah. is like brutal but beautiful. Yeah. And also you see that there's rules in place, I guess. You might end up killing each other at the end of the story, but you can see that they're doing this according to very specific customs and that there's just a grace to it, I guess, that's fascinating (laughs) to watch. Absolutely. And I think something that's really profound in it as well is that I don't know if there are any white characters that I've seen on the page. I don't think think they've been writing about white characters, Mm -hmm. but still it's incredibly diverse. Because Southern Mexico, the area where most of this takes place, and Mm -hmm. into Guatemala, were incredibly diverse places where lots of indigenous peoples with many different ways of organizing themselves, many different ways of recognizing their gods, or many different names for the same thing. Like pulque is this drink that comes up in this, and pulque is what it's called in Oaxaca, and now more commonly, it's almost like kombucha from agave. Mm -hmm. It's very cool, and it's like full of nutrients, it's used in curative properties, all this stuff, but it's got three different names in this comic. Yeah. And I think that that sort of preservation of the diversity of cultures is really powerful, especially rendered in English. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was originally written in English. Do you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, once again, finding information on this isn't very easy. You really can just kind of go to the website. I believe I read one interview. I think he lives in California. Okay. And... So I believe that this, as we're seeing it, is how it was originally printed. I don't know if there's other language versions of this. It would be cool. (laughs) I don't know. Well, the only thing that I've read ever that's similar to this was something that I read in Mexico that was translated from Nautual. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like people are preserving these cultures, absolutely, indigenous peoples, because they live there. They are those cultures. There's so much still alive, Mm -hmm. but we're not exposed to that as like white Americans. Right. Yeah. I think that everything about this comic is so interesting. Oh my God. (laughs) And it's such a beautiful story. I'm really interested in picking up the next two that are out. And I believe that it's still ongoing. I think that he puts them out as regularly as he can. They're amazing too, because they're pretty thick. You know, they're not like a typical issue. They're much larger, longer. I love them. I think they're just stunning. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm like running into a wall with this is just being able to describe really just how beautiful and how interesting and how how worth your time this comic is because Absolutely. it is so different than a lot of things that I've seen, but also has a lot of those same storytelling methods. It's definitely world building. It's very Lord of the Rings almost in that way because you have so many characters and so much coming into it. But um, That's a great way of putting it. it. It is epic fantasy. Yeah, so it's, it's epic fantasy, but then it also is a comic and it just merges those two things in a way that I just have never seen. So yeah, everybody has to read this book. Absolutely. It essentially, the plot is that there's two brothers who are twins, Pakal and Khan, and they are super cute, super mischievous. Like They're both really good at playing sports, which ends up being incredibly important when they go into yes. battle. 
It's one of those stories where you read all these details going into it that you're like, well, interesting. Like, why are you telling me that? Yeah. And then everything matters. Yeah. Everything is super important. I also love that there's a beautiful depiction of sex work mm-hmm. in a cultural root of sex work where the women are not treated poorly. They're they're treated super well, actually. They're esteemed. And, and, and they're like part of the community. It's and, great. And that's really sweet. And they actually really help one of the kids who has a really hard time because essentially what happens is the two boys live through the destruction of their village right and the murder of basically everyone they know yeah and so then they end up finding the bandits who did this and getting their revenge and then they get recruited by like a mercenary group Mm -hmm. and it's just incredible i mean the amount of research that went into this which parada talks about that in the foreword yeah but Soats is such a well-researched piece that it is so real. You're like, this is a real thing that happened. Mm -hmm. And it's not, but your brain understands it that way because it's so rich. Yeah, and it gives you that alternate history that allows you to actually flesh out some things because, of course, we look at that time of history essentially as being just this epic, terrible tragedy. And I think that in a lot of ways, obviously, it is important to recognize it as being so goddamn tragic and, you know, all of that. But I think we lose a lot of the culture as well. We don't know that much about it, you know? And I think that bad stereotyping and things like that, obviously, like there's been years of comic books doing terrible stereotypes of, you know, Mayan and Aztec cultures. So it's very interesting just to see somebody doing it right and coming from the right place on it. Just everything about it, I think, comes together perfectly. And even if you didn't care about any of that, the art is so Uh, beautiful. (laughs) I mean, there's so many reasons to like it that are like good reasons, capital G. Yeah. But what it comes down to is it's a beautifully illustrated, perfectly told. There is nothing extraneous on the page. Mm -hmm. It is so precise and deliberate. It's just a beautiful story. You will enjoy reading it. Yeah. And there's all these great reasons to love it, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah. So you have to go to the website in order to do that. We're going to add a link in our show notes. I believe that it's like... $6 for the first one, and then the subsequent issues are much thicker, and they're $15 a piece, but they're tabloid-sized, just gorgeous comics. So I highly, highly recommend that you swing by the website and pick these up. Especially if you've pretty much only read mainstream comics. Yeah. I think this is a really nice one to be your first indie comic. Yeah. And this is an artist you can feel great about supporting. Mm -hmm. He is absolutely doing preservation work and creation with myths that aren't by white people. And it's always worth celebrating. It's basically self-published. Yeah. Other than a little bit of help. But yeah, essentially, this is, I mean, you can't go wrong in these covers. I'm just looking at one of the covers right now, and there's a gorgeous coloring of a serpent and just brilliant, brilliant, gorgeous. We are a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women. So if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations, pop culture in general, conventions, cosplay, you name it, that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it. So (laughs) we can't have it spelled out. It is B.T.C.H.E.S.O.N. C-O-M-I-C-S at gmail.com. And yeah, remember, there's no I'm bitch. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a Patreon, www.patreon.com slash bitchesoncomics, where we have exclusive content. 
I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Music provided by Earth Control Pill, which you can find at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.